0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I just want to read this here in Psalms 3 to show you right here, guys, that as believers, you're going to go through some, th- through some things. It's not always going to be a bed of roses, and it's it's not always going to be easy, and We can't serve God just when we're excited about life, just when we feel like it or we think everything's just going, just smooth. Now, i got a purpose in my heart. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God, okay? Psalm 3, begin with me here in verse number 1. King David, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. One translation specifically says the growth of rebellion. Now it says, how who they have increased to trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Now ultimately what he's talking about here is there is people that begin to mock him for serving God. That may be you. You may be getting mocked at work, okay? Don't quit, don't give up. It's just part of this. Now, when I read these first verses here, you see that King David, he didn't deny that there were things that were happening against him, okay? So when things started to happen against him, what did he do? Verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. He turned to God, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Because of the things of life, because of people coming after him, he went ahead and said, Father God, you're the one who lifts up my head. Now, look what happens in verse 4. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Now, note there, guys. He said, I cried to the Lord with my voice. One of the best things we can do, guys, in battles and in storms of life, Open your mouth and start talking about how awesome our God is. For thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and you're the lifter of my head. And so when you read this here, guys, David didn't quit. He didn't give up. He understood that God's a shield, but he began to call out to him. Verse number five. I lay down and I slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. Even when the pressures of life came after him, he said, I laid down and slept. You know why he was able to sleep? He said, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I've even figured out that worry won't help you one bit. Worry will keep you up all night, and when you get up the next morning, guess what? The problems are there. And this is what David said, I lay down and I slept, for the Lord sustained me. This is a promise to to, uh, being a child of God. And he goes on to say, listen to this, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who set themselves against me all around. Now he's telling you guys right here, life is not always a bed of roses. It's not always a picnic. But God is a shield. God will be a shield to me. Now look into uh, the New Testament, back to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And one of the things you're going to hear me talk about tonight is to follow Jesus, guys, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. True discipleship is going to cost you. It's going to cost me. And and tonight we're going to go over several things biblically that will let you see this. Mark chapter 8, begin with me in verse 34. And when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now right there, guys, he tells us there's going to be a sacrifice to live likeness. And and growing in Christ's likeness, guys, I'm going to have to be willing to de- lay down my life. Okay? This is exactly what he's talking about. And and i got to take up my cross daily. daily. That's just not a Sunday morning thing. And I have to regularly confront my, my wills and my wants, my ways. I'm going to have to confront them, okay? If I don't confront them, And I'm going to tell you, this thing called my flesh will get out of control. Don't give your flesh opportunity. And so he, he begins to tell us some stuff here. Now, Jesus laid down his life for us. And right here, he's inviting me and you to lay down our lives for him. Now, this is where really Christianity gets really, really interesting to me. When we begin to lay down our lives for Him. Keep reading with me here in verse 35. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. So He's giving us some insight, guys. And and, and when I desire the things of the world above Father God, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose out. Even if I never attain the things of this world, even if all I do is is chase after the things of the world, I'm still going to lose out. Now, we could go over to, to Matthew 7. And Matthew 7 talks about there's two roads. There's a wide road that leads to destruction, and it says many are on it. Many are on it. You know what those are? Those are the people that do whatever's easiest in life. That's the majority. And he said, On that road, it's wide and it's easy, and many are on it, but it's the road that leads to destruction. The second road that he talks about in, in Matthew 7:14 is the narrow road. And he says, Narrow is the road which leads to life. But difficult is the way, and few find it. Few find. You know why it's few, I believe? is because this right here, when he starts talking about, I'm going to have to lay down my life's sake for his and the gospel. And if you'll note there, when he talks about this, guys, he doesn't say that you need to desire to lose your life. Look at the last part of verse 35. It says, but whoever loses his life. Not whoever desires to lose, but just whoever loses his life. In other words, whoever goes ahead and surrenders and says, Okay, Lord Jesus, I'm going to put you first in everything I say and everything I do. And if you serve God and are still serving God, you find that out real quick. That people are going to turn on you. That there's going to be some things that are going to happen in life. That aren't always pleasant. But if you'll note what he said there. He said, whoever loses his life for Jesus' sake and the Gospels. That can be me and you. That's a choice that me and you have to make. Now, look with me in the book of Luke chapter 14. And I want to show you what this can look like. Luke chapter number 14. Once again, to to follow Jesus is going to cost you something. going to cost you something. I I remember, guys, when I got born again, I'm going to tell you, one of the things that cost me was a lot of my old friends. But you know what I found out? They really weren't my friends anyhow. But it was a thing that happened that I said, you know what? I'm going to live for Jesus. And what happens many times in our life, we're not willing to give up people. We're not willing to give up those friends even though we know they're not good for us. I remember right after I got born again, my brother would say this to me. He said, you keep running with the snakes, you're going to get bit. He was right. He was right. And that's not to say I'm any better than people, but it is saying this. To truly serve Jesus, there comes a day that you may have to break up with your friends, okay? Now look what happens here in Luke 14 and listen to the words here starting in verse 25. Luke 14, 25. Now great multitudes went with Jesus and he turned and he said to them. Now right here you're going to find out in these next few verses Jesus defines the cost of being a disciple of his. Look what he says, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, man, there's some words in there to this day that I've read for years and years of my life, but they still rock me when I read this. Now, when he gets over here about being a disciple, you know what he's talking about? My loyalty to Jesus Is gotta be above any relationship or loyalty that I have to any human being. This is, this is rugged when you read this, guys. Moms and dads, wives, children, but he even said this, even to your own self. And so when you look here, guys, when he talks about hate, what he's actually saying here is the the importance of allegiance to him. Allegiance and loyalty are big with Jesus. There is a union that supersedes all other relationship. So you know what Jesus says? I want all of you. I want to be first place in your life. Does that mean I don't love my wife and my kids? No. It doesn't mean that. But let me ask you this. I would be venture or I'd venture to say that every man in here, even women, You'd die for your children. You'd die for your spouse. Moms and dads. But would you die for Jesus? Whoa, whoa, I thought this Christianity stuff was all supposed to be lovey-dovey. Listen, this is what he's getting over here once again, that my union with him has got to be that strong. So what Jesus does here is he tells us this, but he's really defining to me and you, There's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost. And I believe when you start looking at the things that Jesus says, that's the difference from uh, 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 walking or living on the narrow road or the wide road. Once again, Jesus doesn't want my heart just on Sunday. Jesus is a 24-7, full-time Lord and Savior. He doesn't take days off. Now, a lot of people would say, this is hard. This is hard. I I think it's a blessing to understand exactly what Jesus wants from us. Keep reading with me. Verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross, persevere, or carry his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Now, he tells us two things there. You're going to have to bear your cross. And I I read in there the word uh, persevere. To carry your cross, it's it's a daily perseverance. But he said, you're going to have to come after me. So when I read about carrying my, my cross and coming after Jesus, those things won't happen accidentally or by chance. You know what that tells me? I'm going to have to purpose in my heart. I'm going to pick up my cross. And I'm going to have to purpose in my heart. I'm going to go after him. Day by day by day by day. Keep reading with me. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him they begin to ridicule him. Verse 30, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Now you know what the goal is as a Christian? Not just to start, but to finish. The goal for every one of us, guys, is to reach the finish line. That's going to be a daily deal, a daily deal, a daily deal, a daily deal. Over and over and over. Verse 31. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him and who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks the conditions of, of peace. Now, before you would go into a war... You would have to understand this. Number one, there's a risk of danger. Number two, there's a possibility of death. This is exactly what he's getting back over to. And once again, Western culture, guys, we don't want to hear this. We don't want to talk about people being persecuted. And for the most part, guys... Most of us in here have never been persecuted for being a Christian. Let me ask you right now, how many of you have ever really been persecuted for being a Christian? A few. Maybe at work. Maybe by family and friends. You know, when I was was in Bible school, there was a guy there who was from Russia. His mother was Polish, his daddy was Russian. And you know what his last name was? Vratoshnik. That sounds Russian, doesn't it? His name was Rudy Vertoshnik. No, Rudy, guys, was a soul-winning machine. I mean, Rudy was, I, I tell you, everywhere you would go, man, he was bold with the gospel. And so Rudy goes back into Russia, and he is ministering in the underground churches. We, we, we can't even fathom that in America. Underground churches. And so they understand, guys, if we get caught doing this, there's a possibility we're going to die. You know what most of us would do? It's that you know what I, I don't believe that's the will of God that I go on that trip. That's never even a thought to us. So he's over there ministering, and he said there's about 500 people one night at this underground church, and he said he's up there preaching, and he said all of a sudden the back door kicks in, and he said there's roughly I believe like 15 members of the KGB. With machine guns. He said the leader comes up here and says, right, If you will go ahead and get up and leave right now, we'll let you go free. In other words, denounce Jesus. Go ahead and go. They said about half of them got up and left. He said they cocked all their rifles and it was very intimidating. And he said, I'm standing there and this one's got this machine gun pointed right here. Right here to my temple. And he said, I'm sitting there thinking, are we fixing to die? He said, the leader gets back up, and he says, all right, one last chance. If you don't want to die, then go ahead and leave. He said, about half more get up and leave. So now they're down to roughly 100. He said, after the last group leaves, he said, the leader says, lock those doors, and everybody's in here is locked in. And Rudy said, I'm thinking, it's over he said the leader walks back up the stage and he looks at Rudy and says, now tell me about this Jesus. He said, I didn't want people in here who were wishy-washy. I didn't want to be around Christians that weren't willing to die for a Jesus. But you know what he said? I saw your true heart. You weren't moved a bit. And if I I always remember that story. And every time I'd get around him, I would think that. And I sit there and look and I think, what would happen in our lives if that took place? Would I run? Would I bow? Would I leave or would I stand there and say, I'm not going nowhere in the name of Jesus? And so this is what he's getting over to. Now look what he goes on to say. Verse 33. So likewise, who of you who does not forsake all that he cannot, or that he has, cannot be my disciple. Now look at Jesus' words there. He said, listen, who does not forsake all, he cannot be my disciple. He can't do it. So we go back to what we talked about for the last couple months, and remember Peter, the disciple Peter. Peter was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and remember Gethsemane meant the oil press, that they started getting squeezed. Remember how Peter got squeezed? Jesus said to him, he said, Listen, buddy, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Peter was telling everybody, I'll die before I'll deny you. Well, ultimately, what happened to Peter? He ran. He took off. He didn't like any of this. Now look with me in in, in Matthew 24, and I want to show you something. Matthew 24. Many believers, guys... We want the love without the obedience. What do you mean by that? Well, if if you're not living an obedient life before God, your love will grow cold. The love for God will grow cold. And with every disobedient act, guys, my love diminishes. Every disobedient act. When the Lord tells me to do something, man, when I obey, there's something that happens in me. So we go back to Peter. He's denied Jesus and it looks bad, bad for Peter. But you know what I begin to see about Peter? Peter got back up. Proverbs 24 16 says, A righteous man may fall seven times, but he'll get back up. That's the key for each one of us right now. Maybe you've fallen, okay? Don't stay down. Don't keep living a disobedient life. Come back to the Lord. Because I want you to note in here what's happening. In this chapter, guys, these are some of the times of the end time. And and some of the signs of the end time, there'll be religious deception. There'll be political and social upheavals, and we're seeing that right now. There will be calamities. Natural calamities. We'll see it over and over and over. There'll be disloyalty. There'll be persecutions. But I want you to note something in, in Matthew 24. Look at verse 12. And it says, And because lawlessness or wickedness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The New American Standard says this, that most people's love will grow cold. Why? Why? Because lawlessness, because sin, iniquity will abound. So you know what that's telling me right there, guys? Sin is going to really be abounding. If you hadn't noticed that it is. And what happens, it tries to pull us in it. And it tries to pull us in it. And you're going to have to fight it, guys. You've heard me say this even. That, man, when I grew up back in the 60s, you very seldom ever heard a cuss word on TV. Ever. Now they fling it around like it's no big it, It's part of the show. You look at the, the scene. I remember back with Leave It to Beaver. It was a big deal for whatever the daddy's name was to even kiss his wife. Now you think about what we're seeing. So really what you're seeing, even through TV the lawlessness is abounding. It's abounding. I mean, you can, you can see things in our society that doesn't even bother people anymore. Because we're so hardened. And so he tells us right here, but because of this wickedness that's going to start abounding more and more, and we're in it, guys, the love of many will grow cold. The love of many. You will serve who you fear. And Peter, guys, he loved the thought of love. He loved the thought of love, but he didn't like the obedience of the love. And for me to love God, guys, is to love God is to obey Him. You know what, that's what he said. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so this is what I'm talking about, because we've got to get to a place where it's easy to say, oh, I love Jesus, Ah, look, but do my actions, do my obedience, do they reflect that in my life? I got to go to one more scripture here, go to Romans 5, and the reason we're going there, that, that verse there where it talks about the love of God, it cross-references us. And as you're turning to, to uh, Romans 5, that last verse says, but he who endures till the end shall be saved. He who endures till the end. Once again, you know what I see in that passage there? It's not just how I start, but it's how I finish. It's how I finish. And that's why it's important on a daily basis we pick up the cross. And a daily basis we get in there with Jesus because I'm going to tell you right now, there's a thing called the world that's after every one of us. There's a thing called the world that's after your children. And it's abounding more and more. You know, when, when I was around those, those teenagers at camp this summer, you know, the, the thought came to me, you know what it was? They are bombarded with tons more stuff in their lives than I ever was. Stuff is everywhere around our teenagers. A cell phone, a computer, I mean, it's everywhere before them. That's why we gotta, we got to keep them in church. we got to teach them to serve God. It's important that we get our children in church, guys. They say that if a, a person, a human being, does not receive Jesus between the ages of 4 and 12, the chances of them receiving Jesus shrinks to almost nothing. And they say if you don't get children between 4 and 12, you may never get them. Now, I'm not telling you it's impossible, okay? I heard this years ago that they asked this man, how many people did we have born again in our service? And he said, 20 and a half. They said, 20 adults and one child? And he said, no. 20 children and one adult. Because the adult, half his life's already over. This is big, guys, for me and you to live godly before our children. It's just not bringing them to church. That is big. But it's daily. It's daily. It's daily. Speak the word and speak the word. Oh, I better hurry. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified or acquitted by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God, for peace. Through whom also we have access or entrance by faith into his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And not only that, But we also glory in tribulations. Now this one still gets me to scratch my head, guys. We glory in tribulations. Tribulations are trials. They're tests. You never know what's in you until there's a trial or a tribulation. Do you realize that? That's why there's going to be tests come to find out what's in you. It's just like in school. The reason they give you a test, see what you've learned. Same with the Bible. And so he says, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Now the word tribulation there means pressure, affliction, hardship. Any of you experiencing that right now? Pressure, hardship, yeah, probably every one of us are going through some things. He said tribulations would produce perseverance. That word perseverance, guys, means endurance. It means uh, uh, patience. What did he say would produce endurance and patience? Tribulation. Tribulation. And so then he goes on to say this. And perseverance, patience, or endurance, character. Character. One translation says, That perseverance develops character. Now think about that word. It develops character. You know what character is? Character is who I am when no one but God sees me. My reputation is who people think I am. My character is who I really am. And he says right there, Tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance develops character. And look what it says about character. And character, hope. Character produces a joyful hope. So this is why he says, glory in tribulation. Because when I'm going through tribulation, guys, there is a molding taking place in me. If my life was always easy, things wouldn't happen. You know what character is? It's telling the truth when no one else tells the truth. Character is being a person of honor when no one else wants to honor. And he talks about this, and in Romans 5, 5, he ends up with love. That I believe all this that happens, it brings in each one of us a love that knows Father God's gonna take care of me. He's gonna help me. And so I'm telling you right now, some of you that are going through some crazy hardships and difficulties and persecutions, it's producing something. It's producing an endurance. And you know what it says? I'm gonna trust in God. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not, and you know what? A lot of times in life the easiest thing would be to quit. But if I quit, guess who wins? The devil! He wins. the assignment is broke. And so then, guys, I'm telling you, character starts being molded and shaped with us. And molded and shaped and molded and shaped. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.